But go ahead. Go ahead. Pull down your pants. <laughs> I got this. It's not the length, it's what you do with it while you have it. My penis. They, they can handle it. You'd see something really ugly. <laughs> Welcome back to the Renaissance yeah. uh, episode 99, wow. Ray, hour three. Wow, yeah. So it's going to make even less sense than the last two. Before we jump into Piero and his ex- incredible exploits, I did come up with a little ditty. Um, we've been talking a lot about 1492. We mentioned Columbus a couple of times. We don't have to go into that, except for to say that um, when he did make his discovery in the Western Hemisphere, there was so much shit going on in Italy that people really <laughs> didn't have time to notice. But I made a little ditty, and I just wanted to share it with you because I thought we were going to cover this. But here's my little ditty of him. During Lent of 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, which earned him a statue, but it was torn down as he had a racist view. I just wanted to share that. I was quite proud of that. Wow. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Okay. Now that we've got that I, over with. I, oh, I, I do have something for that, actually. I'm afraid now. Um, I'm very afraid. Yeah. What you just said <laughs> is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Stop making the American people part of your experiment. First of all, it rhymed. Second of all, it is historically accurate. And two, it is timely because it just happened last week. So that's at least three points. Uh That's all I'm saying. Okay. But I'm finished now. It's hour three. I know you don't want to hear this. Go ahead. Savonarola, a few years later, claimed that he had predicted all of this, the deaths of Lorenzo and Pope Innocent and the fall of Florence. Sure. He might have just been making it up to make himself sound like a legend. And by then, as you pointed out in our last episode, nobody's going to call bullshit on him at this stage. Too much going on. Because he's too powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody got notes from a couple of years ago? Got the people too scared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How can you prove I didn't? Right. Did you write down I didn't say those things? No. So So. according to my lawyer, I said them. But then again... In 1492, it didn't take a prophet of the Lord (laughs) to know that Charles was planning on invading Italy. He'd basically said, oh, I'm planning on invading Italy. I'm doing this. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This will be done in my name. He sent around a memo saying that he was going to invade Italy. (laughs) Now, uh, but but before we get into the invasion of Italy, um, it was in 1492... Remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how in 1491, when Savo, not long after he became the prior of San Marco, he decided, he tried to 
get them out. He was going to move yes. to the country. He was oh, going yeah. to David Koresh it, build a little <laughs> uh, camp out there, yeah. get a lot of weapons. Was the land. Going to go rogue. Yeah. Well, in 1492, he had another crack at it. He felt he was a little bit more powerful right. now. But instead of moving to the country, going to, to the country, country going to eat a lot of peaches, move into the country, going to eat a lot of peaches. Oh, right. um, by peaches, I mean ass. Um, he decided instead right. to remove San Marco <laughs> from the Lombard congregation of the Dominicans. Right. So he could have full control over its policies yes. and make it more Aust- austere and horrible. Fuck. But that's just phase one. Phase two is not only is he going to have the freedom and is he going to crack down on these people, but he's going to take. If you won't give, I will take. And he takes from other areas and brings them into his now. Dominion. So it's this is a massive power play. It's not going to be easy, but I mean, this is true ambition on his part. He's reinventing Christianity the way he wants to see it. Yeah, not but a sexy in order to do that, blood. he's going to have to go up against some pretty full, pretty powerful people. But in the meantime, yeah, while he's working on his plans, mm-hmm. in February 1493, he goes to Bologna. <laughs> To preach, he's still getting invitations yeah. to go around. He's a, his word's starting to get out there that he's a bit of a, a rock star, yeah. and he caused a bit of a ruckus in Bologna. Um, there are stories about him insulting the Pope from the pulpit, yes, and nearly getting himself killed when he insulted one of the leading ladies of Bologna. Well, Do you want to tell the story? You say insult. I, I think that's going a little too far. So she's the wife of the ruler of Bologna, and she keeps coming in with her retinue late to every one of his sermons. What? One time he just can't take it anymore, and I think you're overreacting. All he does is point at her as she's coming in late again, and he screams, Look, the demon! Look, the demon! Come to interpret... Interrupt the word of God. And so just because they called her a demon in front of all of her friends and family, I think that's probably okay. But because she is who she is, she's just not miffed. She literally sits down with her agent and actually wants to hire someone to kill this guy. So, he, yeah, he has to get out of there. When he does get out of there, it's, it's kind of ugly. But the point is he is not afraid of anybody. He is putting this, you know, in, in her face, daring her to do something about it. But because he is becoming powerful, is he untouchable yet? I don't know, but he's quickly getting there, and I think he's sensing that. When he gets back to Florence, the fact that he dissed this woman to her face in church oh. has made him even more yeah. popular and famous. Did you hear what he and did? so his yeah. audiences swell right. back home. His plums and his audiences are all <laughs> swollen by the time he gets back. And it's at this point that he sends some emissaries to the Pope to press his case for removing San Marco from the Lombard congregation. They took along with them supportive letters from the friars of San Marco, the Signoria of Florence, and perhaps surprisingly, Piero de' Medici himself. Mm. Apparently, Savonarola is on pretty good terms with young Piero. Right. Um, unlike his relationship with Lorenzo, he's, he thinks, well, this kid's young enough. 
I can probably uh, you know get in yeah and uh, make him Manipulate. make him one of mine ah yeah bring him into the fold gotcha yeah so he's 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 on good terms um, they're they're friendly to each other they're gonna try and make a deal make a deal yeah by the way I wanted to point out earlier. Um, when Lorenzo the Magnificent died, mm-hmm. he actually wasn't that old. He was no. uh, minus 40, 48. He was 44 when he died. Um, yeah. 44, 43, something around there. Like quite, um, quite young, even for somebody back then to die. We know that people died young. Right. Um, Bad but, diet. Uh, yeah. Well... Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't like his father. wasn't the wasn't the gouty. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. just did they? Yeah. Did Did you read if they punched a hole in the wall into his house to bring his body out like they did with the very first Papa Joe? I'm just curious. It probably doesn't even mention. No. Because I'm going to have no, that done. Doesn't mention that. That's, that's pretty badass. Punch a hole. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah. badass. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, we don't. I don't really have anything on why he died so young, but yeah. just an illness. Yeah, I guess that, that 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 happened. God called him yeah. home. Something happened. Unfortunately, you know, like the the great Lorenzo the Magnificent struck down before his time. Yeah, his prime. Mm. Mm. Probably, uh, probably too much. Good wine, yeah. good food. Too much poetry. Um, maybe a bit, a bit of. Uh, well, not. A, I don't think there was plague going around at the time, but who knows? Well, between diet, hygiene, and whatever kind of diseases, even if they're not as intense as the plague, I mean, you're lucky to make it that long. So good for him. Anyway, back to Savonarola. Yeah. Now, the head of the Lombard congregation, Vicar General Bandelli. Is also Savonarola's former teacher and the guy who refused to uh, graduate him from, you know, uh, college because they disagreed over things like the loosening up of the rules. Ownership. um, All that kind of stuff. And, by the way, it was later rumoured Bandelli was the model for Judas Iscariot in The Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Hmm. He was uh, he was objecting to this uh, pulling away out of the Lombard congregation. Obviously, it was going to weaken the organization. He had, he was based in Milan. He had the support of Ludovico Savorza in Milan. Right. And there's a lot of negotiating that goes on backwards and forwards. They both send uh, emissaries to the Pope to argue the case for and against. But at the end of the day. The, the 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 situation was won or resolved by a trick piece of piece of trickiness from a cardinal by the name of Carafa. A little sleight of hand as you went. And I, again, this is one of the things you need the TARDIS because you want to be there. So I'm going to let you tell it. But I'm does it become proper a decision or legislation just because you trick an old pope. I don't think that's the firm basis of government or of legislation. I can't believe that they got away with this. I'm sure there's more to the story. We just don't know what it is. How old was the pope? He was in his 60s, I think. 
of Savonarola yeah. uh, at this Why stage and is sort of, and, you know, I think maybe Savonarola had been in sort of insulting him and insulting the yes. church and this yes. kind of jazz. And he's like, oh, I don't know about this guy. This Cardinal Carafa, who was a supporter of Savonarola, writes a letter <laughs> that he had authored basically ordering the separation. Yeah, He's, uh, he's joking around with the Pope. Uh, one day, puts it in front of him, asks the Pope to sign it. The Pope goes, ah, I don't know. Cardinal Carafa, laughing, takes the Pope's hand, (laughs) pulls the papal ring off the papal finger and pressed it into the wax on the document. There he goes, all right, sign now. (laughs) And he uh, rolls it up, gives it to Savo's emissary to carry back to Florence. It's done. So I, no, as you say, I'm not sure that's... Uh, <laughs> Cricket? According to the <laughs> rules of Hoyle, right. uh, poker. But, not but, sure that's how it's done. But why doesn't the Pope immediately send, oh, I don't know, an army or an armed force to Florence to go, that was trickery, I did not approve this, this is bullshit, and obviously there's more to the story, but they get away with it. San Marco is separated and becomes independent. This is insane, but... Something like this happened. Yeah, I, I, maybe the Pope just didn't care enough. He was yeah. like, "Oh, you I little fucker!" And Carl was yeah. like, "Give me another one." Yeah, give me another. I've got actually. I've got a. I, there is a recording I found of this. Right. Um, you know, uh, here here we go. And maintenant, would Monsieur care for an aperitif, or would he prefer to order straight away? <laughs> Uh, today we have four appetizers. Excuse me. Uh, moule marinière, pâté de foie gras, beluga caviar, eggs benedictine, tarte de poireau, that's liquor tart, frog's legs, amandine, or oeftekai, Richard Shepherd. It's a little quail's eggs and a bed of pureed mushroom. It's very delicate, very subtle. I have a lot. <laughs> a wise choice, monsieur. Ah, uh, no. How would you like it served? All uh, mixed up together in a bucket? Yeah, with the eggs on top. But of course, avec des oeufs frites. Yeah, don't skimp on the pâté. Oh, monsieur, I assure you, just because it is mixed up with all the other things, we would not dream of giving you less than the full amount. In fact, I will personally make sure you have a double helping. Maintenant, quelque chose à boire, something to drink, monsieur. Yeah, I'll have six bottles of Chateau Le Tour 45. And a double Jeroboam champagne. Oh, and the usual brown ales? Yeah. No, wait a minute. I think I could only manage six crates today. I hope Monsieur was not overdoing it last night. Shut up. D'accord. Ah, the new bucket and the cleaning woman. <laughs> Love that. He does... And, and uh, if you look at the paintings of Pope Alexander VI, he does look remarkably like <laughs> Terry Jones as Mr. Creosote. And uh, 
R.I.P. Terry Jones, of course, as right. well, as we've said before. Uh, what a legend. I mean, you watch that Mr. Creosote sketch today, like 40 years later. Right. It's still yeah. disgusting. And yeah. It's still out there. Like, if you put something on that, like that on TV today, people would be like, ah. people would be yeah. horrified. Right. Yeah. Like, fantastic. Uh, timeless. Timeless. Yeah. timeless. Boom. Anyway, how do we get into that? I don't know. The finger. The old slip the Where ring off the to? finger trick. Oh, slip the ring off. And now, uh, yeah, the, the, the vicar general of the Lombards, Bandelli, fired off a letter to Savonarola demanding that he present himself at once. Uh, but by the time it arrived, they'd already got the papal brief, so, so they you. said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and not only that, but um, in May, General uh, Torraini uh, extended Savo's term as prior beyond the legal limit of two years. On June 24th, 1493, he makes Savo and his right-hand man full-fledged members of San Marco, so they can't be transferred out of Florence. They're independent, and he's going to be in power for at least two more years. Breaking the laws, who the fact, you know, take slipping the finger off of the Pope, the ring off the finger of the Pope doesn't matter. They're breaking all the rules, but Savo is getting his way. He, he's gone from a rock star to almost an untouchable power. Now, Savo writes a letter of thanks to Piero for Aww. his involvement. Magnificent Piero. I told our fathers that it was my intention and the intention of the convent to do all that your magnificence declared you wanted and to do it in the way you wanted as I understood it. Ever ready to carry out all your wishes, I recommend to you your convent. The Lord's grace be with you. Amen. Pretty much an astounding letter when, as far as we're aware, he was on pretty go-fuck-yourself terms with Piero's father now he's like really sucking Piero's cock here. <laughs> but, uh, he's taking it. Oh, he's deep throating right. it here, really. <laughs> With his finger up his ass. No, but I can't help but feel that this is in the post euphoria of getting his wish that where San Marco is uh, now his. But yeah, that's an incredible letter because for whatever reason, it's just not the same relationship. And he's actually doing something he's not known for doing, Savo is. He's being nice, he's tolerating, because you know he probably doesn't think much of Piero as the leader of the city, but he's kissing his ass, so he knows how to play the game as well. And he's been criticising from the pulpit other clerics who have cosy relationships with the rich and powerful. Now he's writing a letter like that to Piero, ever ready to carry out all your wishes. Mm. Like, uh, hello? Yeah. Uh, What? This is the biggest one of them all. Yeah. He's in charge of the city. So... I mean, to me, that's evidence that despite his public rhetoric, right. uh, Savonarola at the end of the day was prepared to suck up to the rich and powerful to get what he wanted as well. And hard. No better right. than any of these other guys. Exactly. So exactly. the hypocrisy is kind of, uh, well, not surprising, I guess, because he's human yeah, and he's a bit of a dick, but... Um, yeah, it's there you go. Work. Just goes to prove that, um, yeah. you know, always pay attention to what people do, not what they say. Right, watch the history. hands, not the lips. Yeah. 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 Don't look into my eyes. Look around my <laughs> eyes. No. What was it? Don't look around my eyes. Look into my eyes. Not around my eyes. 
Watch your hands. Yeah. So he tells the convent to sell off all of their properties and all their other possessions. Why? Because he's going back to what he tried a couple of years ago. Even though he's not physically moving, we are going to dress simply. We are going to live simply. We are going to pray more. We're going to focus on contemplation and solitude. We're going to turn the motherfucking clock back. It is a time of renewal. You think I took austerity too far? Fuck you, watch this. But some people in his convent did take it too far. They didn't eat enough food. They grew weak and they grew ill. But the point is, he is like all about the Jesus and these people are loving him for it. Yeah. And as you indicated earlier, uh, he then gets permission from the Pope to start hoovering up (laughs) the other Dominican (laughs) monasteries around Tuscany. It does. He starts hoovering them up, and any friars that aren't on board with his new austerity plan either quit or get fired. Yeah. And, in fact, most of them left. Right. Most of them left, but that's okay because he was, you know, he had too many people trying to join his San Marco convent, so he needed room. He's like uh, Hitler needed (laughs) Lebensraum. (laughs) So he's invading Czechoslovakia, Czechoslovakia and Poland. Hey, listen, I just need somewhere to put all my peeps. <laughs> Don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> and I choose oh, here. You just, you, yeah. You've got land. I need land. I take your land. Yeah. That's just how it's, it works, yeah. right? Math. Yeah. Yeah. So he's getting math. His, his math. Italian, Italian math. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's getting his way though. That's all. I mean, he's literally grabbing up other parishes, other little water priories. I mean, things are looking good for him. Acquisition mode, mergers and acquisitions. He had a department, <laughs> M&A department, full of douchebaggy guys with right. expensive suits, briefcases, helicoptering in, flying, you know, landing on the, just landing in the middle of wherever, the, the veggie patch right. of the monastery, jumping out while the blades are still going. We're here Bad from Savonarola. Yeah. <laughs> this convent, this monastery now it's belongs a, to us. Yeah. Pack your you. shit. That's Fuck right. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't do want to hear lines. it. Don't care. Yep. Yeah. Pull out the little mirror. Tell it do to a someone who gives lines. a fuck. Jump back in the helicopter yeah. and take off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still some coke and they're off. <laughs> so soon he had five monasteries in Tuscany under his command. In, they called it the Tuscan Congregation, which is a pretty cool name, quite frankly. <laughs> Tuscan Congregation. I'd go see it. If it was a yeah. film. Right. Came out in the 70s, directed by William Friedkin, yeah. called The Tuscan Congregation. And, and the musical starring was that, that guy that Yeah, music, Ennio Morricone, yeah. yeah. And uh, it'd be starring, um, <laughs> <laughs> what's his face? Um, uh, people, people, <laughs> people from Godfather, or who are we, who are we talking about here? No, 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 no. Fucking, uh, I'll be right there. <laughs> Starring Gene Hackman. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. You know. Young Gene Hackman. Oh, fucking awesome. Young Gene Hackman, yeah. yeah. In the Tuscan Congregation. Oh. Fuck yes, I'm watching that film. <laughs> Just on the name alone. Um, with Savonarola as its first vicar general. <laughs> Played by Gene. Then, right, King Ferdinand of Naples died on the 25th of January, 1494, yeah. and uh, young Chucky, Chucky 8, 
right. saw this as his opportunity to uh, make a play yeah, for Naples. Move out. Ferdinand was uh, our old mate Ferrante, mm-hmm. who uh, you know had had fought in a lot of these wars that they had before the Peace of Lodi. He right. was uh, he was you know a bit of a bit of a badass. He fought against Lorenzo back in fourteen seventy eight, but then Damn. remember Lorenzo went there and basically yes. fell at his knees. Said hey, and he was like, I like the cut of your jib, young Lorenzo. You're ballsy, and um, they worked it yeah. out. They worked it out. Yeah, a trick by the way, which Piero will try and replicate. Mm. Yeah, in the not too distant future, that worked for him with uh, slightly. Less success. Yeah. yeah. So, so Charles, Chucky yeah. Eight yeah. assumes command of his army and sets off to take Naples by force. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. He does pull a Cam and Ray. He does send his army on, but he stops at Lyon for a while, and I think he's there from, like, spring until the following summer. I don't know if the women or little boys there were that enticing, but the point is he does send his army on. There are battles. There are naval battles, but he chills in Lyon for a while because he's king, and that's what kings do. But the point is this threat is coming ever closer to Tuscany. Well, by August, he arrived in Savoy, kind of on the border of Mm -hmm. France and Italy, with an army of 40,000 infantry and cavalry and a massive shit ton of artillery, (laughs) which is a real including siege engines, which were firing some sort of iron projectiles that terrified the fuck out of people. Continued his advance into Italy. His troops were apparently cruel as fuck. There were stories yeah. of massive civilian massacres oh. all along the route that they took into Italy. Jesus. By late October in 1494, Charles and his army reached the northwest border of Tuscany, where they sacked the fortress town of Fivizzano. Right slaughtered many of its residents and mm. they are poised. Yeah. From there, they can either... It's not far to Florence. 40 miles. It's not far to uh, Pisa, yeah. to Rome. Yeah. Uh, he's in the middle. He's up the... He's up the butt crack of uh, Italy. I go either way. With a massive army. No one's been able to stop him. He's Hitler. Right. He's Hitler. He's right. everyone's just falling down. He's Hitler in the middle of Paris. Yeah. He's like, "All right, boys, now we're." <laughs> but it's time for all good things to come to an end. So you're right. He could go towards uh, Pisa. He can go towards Rome. He can go towards Florence. But in his way are two fortresses that belong to Florence, Sarzanello and Sarzana, and they were bought by the Genoese and rebuilt with uh, Medici money, I'm sure. So the point is, he's got to get through these. So he does attack, but his military attack fails. So now it's time to switch to something like diplomacy, maybe even some threats or whatever. And so he's 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 reached a stopping point, but still he's in the area and looks like, you know, he's got this massive army, so things are going to go well. On that Ash Wednesday, um, Savo um, is about to preach the Lenten sermons. And again, his message is, God is disgusted with you evil men. To give an example here, he chooses Noah because he's going to wipe everything out. 
have Noah repopulate the world, and fuck me if he's not using Charles VIII right now because he's about to bring war, hunger, pestilence, whatever, to Italy, and he's going to start over. And so, again, the people are, like, freaking out, but at the same time, the only hope they have is not the Medici, not the army, but but Savo himself. Yeah, he's he's basically using the Great Flood yeah. as his metaphor for the French. It's working. The French are coming as a Great Flood. <laughs> The um, uh, uh, diarist of the time, Bartolomeo Certani, wrote, Mm -hmm. in 1493, he preached in San Lorenzo and began to build an ark, as Noah did in the Old Testament. And in each sermon, he wonderfully laid his foundation on four propositions, that the flood would come soon, that soldiers and princes would occupy the cities and fortresses, mm-hmm. that Italy would be ruined and that there would be no remedy. And all this he said on God's authority. The popolo flocked in to hear these sermons, as did many very great men, including yes. Messer Marsilio Ficino, Messer Oliviero Arduino, Messer Malatesta da Rimini, and Girolamo di Ser Paolo Beneviani, highly distinguished philosophers and theologians, Ooh. and Count Giovanni Picco della Mirandola, the yes. most learned man of his time, as well as many other leading worthies. Wow. They're all flocking yeah. to see what fucking Savonarola has to say about how they save themselves. Right. By calling upon the Lord to show them mercy when the French are coming and they can't defend themselves. We don't deserve it, but show us mercy anyway, because we are listening here to your prophet. And I don't want to jump ahead, but obviously, as you can imagine, with a French army and its king on the border of Tuscany, for a lot of people who might have been a little wishy-washy about Piero, especially he's not living up to the standards of Lorenzo, who probably did not live up to the standards of his father, they're like, you know what? We're done. We're done with the Medici. You guys have screwed this up. We're about to get our ass kicked. And they start turning away or considering other options than this family running the the, uh, city. Yeah, this 20-year-old kid running the city. Yeah. Savo kept complaining about all the usual things. The women decked themselves out like whores. <clears throat> Sodomites were everywhere. Yeah. People were using astrology to define the future instead of asking him to define <laughs> the future. Right. Clerics, Um, priests, friars were the root of corruption. The church was a beautiful woman who bore the seed of tepid Christians. Ooh. (sighs) I... I interpreted that the church was a beautiful woman who was raped by sinners because they were weak. She gets herpes, gonorrhea, syphilis, and pregnant with the devil's baby, who then rips out of her chest, not through her womb, Mm. because God saw Alien recently and thought it was pretty fucking cool. So the point is the church, the, the thing on this planet that God wanted built and maintained is being treated like shit, and now they're all gonna pay for it. The church was a beautiful woman who would who who would be happy to be raped by the Florentines, but they were too busy fucking each other up the ass. Look, he's going, you've got this beautiful woman here right. and she's begging for right. it. Begging she, for it. She's like this. How about a compromise? A compromise. How about you fuck me up my ass? Up and the, the guy, ass. And the guy's like, yeah. uh, do you have a brother? Because uh, you're cute. Do you have a dick? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks. Hey, I like thanks. something to reach. I like to reach around and hold on right, to something. Right. When I'm fucking so up the other. So you got fall. nothing. There's nothing yeah. there. Nothing there. There's nothing yeah. there. <laughs> Just a hole. I'm going to fall into. I mean, I. <laughs> thank you, but no, thank you. I think you're lovely. Hey, but no. we can go shopping together. Anyway. Mm. 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 <laughs> Too far now, uh, Piero, uh, not who's 22 at this stage, right? Um, a bit of a dick. Uh, there's stories about how he was just pissing people off left, right, and center. <laughs> at one point, he converted a popular public square, one of the piazzas, yeah. into, into a piazzas, into a private jousting field for dick. himself and his friends. Do it somewhere else, dick. Yeah. Um, I'm walking here. And when he did right. make decisions, it was usually a bit of a clusterfuck. There was a story in 1493 when he backed a f- friend and old tutor of his, uh, Fra Giorgio Benigno Salviati, mm-hmm. to be the next general of the Franciscan congregation. When uh, Salviati lost the vote, Piero Ooh. had a fucking conniption, <laughs> got into an argument with what? the retiring vicar general. No. A fight broke yes. out between armed supporters of the two generals. Some friars were wounded. Somebody sounded the convent bell as an alarm. Then residents of the quarter seized their weapons oh. and jumped on their horses, rode in there trying to start a full-scale revolt. Right. Um, the Otto de Guardia finally restored order, but you know, Piero had started all this shit because he you know, couldn't, couldn't win a vote, A, and B, <laughs> lost his shit when he lost the vote, started what? a fucking civil war in the middle of Florence oh, um, over nothing. Yes, yes. You know Cosimo would have went... Well, let's see what I can do behind the scenes. Maybe a word here, a word there, uh, uh, some money in this hand, whatever. Let's let's see what we can do. But to lose his shit, to to embarrass himself, but most importantly, out of everything you just said, it shows that the uh, Medici are not indestructible. They don't always get they want. Maybe the people have had enough. The magic of the Medici may be gone or maybe disappearing, and that's this isn't a. A perfect example of that. Yeah. Died with Lorenzo yeah. Il Magnifico. Jeez. So Chucky 8 uh, then demands safe passage through Florentine yeah. territory for his army so he can get to Naples. That's what he came yeah. for. Yeah. I came to do my job, he right. said. Yeah. Came, I came to take Naples. Uh, it's like taking... Apples from a baby. No, no, something. I had something for that. I don't know. But he sees. It's not that hard. I just need to get through. Now, I know it's a little dicey, me going through your, your territory with 40,000 soldiers, but trust me, if you just let me through, don't start nothing, yeah. won't be nothing. But yeah, he can't do that. Naples, of course, is uh, down on you know south side of mm-hmm. uh, Italy on the Tyrrhenian Sea. Uh, he's got to go through Rome, really, to get there, past Rome. Right. He's sort of north of Florence at this stage. He's like, knock, knock, who's there? <laughs> Big bad wolf motherfucker. That's right. Let me come in or I'll blow your house down. Now, uh, Piero kind of hesitates here. On one yeah. hand, Florence has no standing army, as we know. They've always relied on condottieris. Yeah, and uh, money. Mercenaries. Right, yeah. lately, of late, the Savorza, but the Savorza 
are on the, the side of yes. this guy. Savon's sort of Milan and motherfucking Savonarola's just upset the Milanese by pulling San Marco out of the you know the 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 uh, congregation, mm-hmm. the Lombardy congregation right. that was big part of Milan's power base, uh, religious power base. So they're probably not happy right. with Piero for allowing that to happen. Um, and they're running out of money as well. Obviously, uh, fucking Piero doesn't know what he's doing. Has no idea how to run the bank. And yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the 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 Florence is weak. Everyone knows it. Yeah, rival families are having a crack at the Medici because they're weak. Um, doesn't have. I, I don't know what their status is as the papal bankers with the new pope with the Borgia at this stage. But with uh, with the fucking uh, French coming into Italy, everyone's terrified. Obviously, yeah. not not good. Times for trading, general economic stability, never good during times of war. But on the other hand, he's bound to a commitment to Naples because his wife from the Orsini clan Mm -hmm. has lots of powerful relatives in Naples. Yes. And he's got to stay on the side of the Pope as well. Um, you know, they, they've brother. got a lot of business in Pope. Right. Well, he's got the Cardinal there right. again as but, well, yes. But you're right, the Plus banks. they do a lot of business in Rome. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not they have the papal banking, they've got a lot of banking with the Cardinals and that kind of stuff in Rome. So he's got to keep everyone happy and he doesn't know how to do it. He ends up signing on to a, an anti-French alliance with the Pope yeah. and the new King of Naples, Alfonso II of Aragon, a.k.a. Fonzie II. <laughs> um, April 1493, Piero Caponi, mm-hmm. who was Florence's ambassador to Chucky Eight, reported that there was talk at the court about a possible revolt in Florence Ooh. and seems to have suggested that... He would not be unfavourable to seeing a revolt happen as well. Oh. You know, uh, Chucky, uh, you know, if you can do anything to get rid of the Medici, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, I would do uh, yeah. pretty, pretty personal favour. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the... Florentine aristocracy, Capone had major business interests in France right. and they're trying to figure out, well, where are we going to make the most money here? Supporting Piero the Ridiculous? Ooh, right. Or, you know, supporting Chucky Eight yeah. and uh, all this uh, business in France. Yeah. Then in uh, the following January 1494 and again in March, another Florentine envoy, Gentili Becchi, mm-hmm sent urgent warnings that Piero's cousin, Giovanni di Piero Francesco de' Medici, Uh-oh. was involved with Chucky Eight talking about overthrowing the Medici control of Florence. Yeah. You might recall from an earlier episode, dear listeners, that when their father died, the uh, Piero Francesco boys, mm-hmm. Lorenzo took Giovanni and his brother under his wing, including their inheritance, which he kept for himself. They got a good uh, humanist upbringing and education, the best of the best, but he said, but I'm keeping all the money. And uh, and I don't think they were very happy about that, so there was sort of a bit of a falling out 
between the the Piero Francesco branch and the main branch of the family. Now, the Florentine government had imprisoned Giovanni and his brother Lorenzo for collusion with the French earlier in April that year. A council of 70 had recommended the death sentence, but Piero pardoned them because, A, he was as weak as piss, and B... (laughs) Apparently it was under some sort of French pressure to do it. He exiled them to their country estate in the north of Tuscany where they continued to conspire against him with Chucky. Yeah, I mean now the now his foreign and domestic enemies can work together out in the open because they've been they've been pardoned and they've been kicked out. But we we've kind of uh, gone into a sense of um, stalemate here. Uh, Charles VIII doesn't want to come down and and declare de facto war on Florence. He might invade, but he's not really sure what he wants to do yet. So it's a little sticky. But that doesn't mean there aren't other options open to him. So Charles VIII puts a little pressure on this young Piero. He what's the most important thing to the Medici, it's their money. So he expels all the Florentine merchants and bakers, bankers from France, which is immediately felt in Florence. You've got reduced exports, smaller returns on investments, loss of jobs. So he hits um, Piero right where he lives. And for, like you said a second ago, all those people that lost money, they want to recoup it. What's the best way to recoup your losses? continue working with Piero or maybe go over to the king. The king is looking pretty good right now. So um, the uh, Charles the uh, Charles VIII also, I think, is a part of the uh, uh, getting rid of the tyrant of Siena, which is uh, uh, 25 miles due south of Florence. He had been friendly to the Medici as well. He loses his possession. So Piero is having his options one by one cut off from him. So Piero tells a French envoy again, look, I don't care what you do to me. I will not come to some kind of under uh, understanding. You will not cross our territory. And again, this is almost looking stupid now because it's like the French king has all the cards. Even more people in Florence, either out in the open or quietly amongst themselves, they're switching over to the French side. In fact, it's looking so bad for Piero. He's now looking for help from the king of Naples when it was supposed to be the other way around, where the King of Naples looks for Florence for help. Now it's the other way around because Florence is the weaker power, and now Piero is just running, I guess, what, painting himself into a corner. Things are not looking good, and he is not getting good advice. He doesn't know what to do. You know what King Chucky's doing here? He's putting him and all of Florence under pressure. We're going to do under pressure. Speak about tight buns. Yeah. But Freddy. <laughs> oh. That makes me mad that they ripped off vanilla ice. I can't get, I can't move. I know. That. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. they got away with oh. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just disrespectful. It is. It really is. Yeah. You know what they should do? They should just stop. 
collaborate and listen. <laughs> but will they? Anywho. No. Anyway. No. They're under pressure uh, from Chucky because, again, Chucky is, is stuck. There's these fortresses that he can't, can't, yes. get, can't get past. They're holding out. Um, so uh, leaders of the, the French lobby in Florence decide they're going to try and cooperate with Chucky, help him, help him uh, get Florence, take Florence, right. get what he wants. Um, apparently one informant of the Medici said that uh, certain other aristocrats in Florence were promised special treatment when Charles and his army got there. But Piero continues to live with the delusion that he can win. Right. Oh, I'm rich. I'm I'm a Medici. I can do it. I just go in there and yeah. give him a hard stare <laughs> and and... You know, maybe suck a little dick. I don't know. Whatever I have to do. Isn't that right, Teddy? Yes. So, Sorry. <laughs> shut up, Teddy. <laughs> <clears throat> he refused to give in. Yes. He starts, he turns to uh, Fonzie in Naples for support rather than Fonzie turning to him for support. Fonzie's like, hey, hey. he's trying to take my power. I, I thought right. you were supporting me. Yeah, dude. How can I support you? Yeah. I got nothing. It's embarrassing. Then in September, Savonarola, who'd been quiet for a few months, returned to the pulpit in the great cathedral and resumed preaching about the coming apocalypse reading from the book of Genesis. Hell yeah. He said that the uh, French invasion had validated him as a prophet. Sure. And he, and he was strengthened in his own conviction that he was being led by divine inspiration. He later wrote, And then, <laughs> returning to preach in September on the day of St. Matthew the Apostle, I expounded the text where I had left it. That is, lo, I will bring the waters over the earth. It already being public knowledge that the King of France with his people had entered Italy. Mm. And the people were convinced that God had a plan for Florence and that I was his prophet. Would you say that he is leaving, maybe beginning to leave reality behind where he's truly buying into this? Like, oh my God, I am speaking for God on earth. Or is he still just taking it, being a, a great opportunist, opportunist, don't get me wrong, and just taking advantage of this tense situation? There's a part of me that thinks he's starting to lose it, but of course we'll never know. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it must be difficult uh, when you, um, f- you know, when, when you, I think about this with guys like Joseph Smith, right? The founder of the Mormons. Mm-hmm. When you run around just uh, making, you start off by making shit up and and inventing the yeah, church, right? And inventing all this stuff and saying, "Oh yeah, I found this, these bronze plates and the golden plates, and I uh, yeah, I translated them uh, by looking into a top hat with magic stones." And uh, sure, and he must be thinking, you know, people are going to go fuck off and be like, <laughs> "I know, right?" Oh, I thought I thought I might I thought have I you there, oh, oh, but you know. You start, it starts off as a story, and then people are like, "Really? Oh, holy shit! We got to listen um, to him. That's yeah, that's amazing." And he's like, "And he's like, what? Like, <laughs> no. like uh, okay, well, I'll just make up. Uh, um, Negroes <laughs> are black because God punished them, 
And, uh, oh, by the way, we all have to fuck lots of women, <laughs> multiple wives. That's what God wants for us to bang lots of chicks. Yeah. Oh. Hey, so oh. Now, now they'll get the joke, right? right? And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, here's my daughter. Well, I guess we better. Yeah. Yeah, take my wife. Here's my wife. That's what God says. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Eventually, after several years of this, you know, I think you start. It's You lose. You start going, oh, well, maybe I am yeah. a prophet of the Lord. Maybe, I don't fucking know, maybe he is speaking to me. Oh, well, well, if they all think it's true, maybe it is true. Right. I mean, it's heady stuff, and we're all human, and yeah. it's only possible, yeah. We don't have to worry about that because we don't get enough like, compliments. So we're we're good. We're good. thank you. We're good. <laughs> it's like we said, like with Caligula when he first gets into power, he's like, "Nah, guys, come yeah. on, guys, it's just me. Yeah. It's little boots. Yeah. Don't like let just don't. Yeah, yeah. I rely on you. I'm a kid. Yeah. What the fuck do I know <laughs> seriously about anything? I'm just an empty suit. Uh, I thought I was going to be assassinated yeah. up until yesterday. So I'm pretty well, happy I'm, to be I'm here. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah quite frankly. <laughs> High five. Listen, Ho. Yeah. if it's all right with you, we'll do the ceremonial thing. I'll give the little wave out of the carriage every now and again. Wave. I really, I just want to get my nuts yeah. off, shoot my load, <laughs> maybe into my sister or two. <laughs> and um, now I'm not going to die. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to eat, drink, be merry, fuck around, yeah. you know, uh, build some pleasure barges, have some orgies. You guys keep, you know, you're doing a great job, right. quite frankly. I love what you're doing. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm a little bit Big upset fan. that Thibaut didn't let you get more, you know, have more authority. Right. Go for it. Run the place. Um, I'm going and to. And, yeah. you know, fan. I'll be here if you need me, but really, uh, yeah. you're a big fan. To sign something. Yeah. But after <laughs> after a year or so, he's like, hey, you. Oh. It's mine. Show me your pussy. Yeah. Show That's me your right. pussy. Uh, if I, can, I guess I can just do it. Like, what are you going to do? It's uh, good you, to be king. You, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Come yeah. and suck my dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just listen. Come on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking it. for much. Just suck my dick. Yeah. You know? I'll be gone in a minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this, is, this is working out. Yeah. It must be and, hard to uh, yeah. not, not start believing your own bullshit, that. I guess, is what exactly. I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I hope to be there one day. <laughs> well, <laughs> time is running out, my friend. Uh, you know, for, really but is. hey, they say that if you wait long enough, everything becomes popular again, even you know midgets. <laughs> so, like, maybe uh, they were popular yeah. in the court, you know, as we'll get to later on. Yeah, you know, uh, Cosimo the Great, Lorenzo the Count Lorenzo. When the guy in the statue and the thing and the the pitsy pity gardens, yeah. yeah, you know that guy yeah, on the turtle, possible. you yeah. know. Yeah, that's, okay, that's my patron saint. He was a jester called right. Jester, but yeah, right. <laughs> no, not him, the turtle. But I, I get your point. <laughs> oh, anyway, where were we? Okay, uh, yes. <laughs> So Savonarola's getting back up there. He's starting to believe his own bullshit, possibly. Um, And he had been preaching the coming of the flood, and now the flood seems to be here. Even Pico told Savo that as he listened, he felt his hair stand on end. Michelangelo is said to have heard Savo speak and fled the city because he believed I'm out. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, he he knows how to spin it by this point. Yeah. Um, here's uh, part of his speech. Oh, Italy! 
<laughs> These adversities have come to you because of your sins. Oh, Florence, these adversities have come to you because of your sins. Oh, clergy, this storm has arisen because of you. Italy and Rome will be turned upside down. Oh, nobles, oh, wise men, oh, people, the hand of God is mighty over you, but your God is waiting for you so that he may show his mercy to you. Therefore, turn to him with your entire heart. Because he is kind and merciful. Because if you refuse, he will turn his eyes from you forever. Amen. Do I hear an amen, brothers and sisters? Amen. I, I just want to ask you, one Teddy. more time. That was Teddy. One more time. I know we've talked about this before. But turn to God so he can protect you, even though he's the one who's causing you to be about to be smited. So ask God to save yeah. you from God, God's wrath. Little yeah. Tricky. Little tricky there. Oh, yeah. Little tricky. Okay. All yeah, right. well, God, God's bipolar, right? This is the holy, wait, oh. tripolar, the holy trinity. <laughs> that makes so yeah. much more sense. Everything makes more sense You now. got the. Thank you. You know, he's got the angry God. Right. The hippie God is Jesus. Yeah, dude. And the Holy Spirit is kind of the. Yeah, I guess he's the the neutral god. Right. He's in the middle. You There's know, when he's mark. when he's taking his medication. Right. When he's taking his medication, he's just no highs, no lows. He's, he's just I'm good. Um, How are you? Fine. Yeah, fine. Anything? Anything today? Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming in yeah. for your appointment, God. Which which god <laughs> do we have with us today? Are you feeling? You, are you vengeful? No. Do you want to hug? Are everybody? you feeling love and yeah. and yeah. love and brotherhood? Yeah. No. What is it? I'm just just okay, I I'm guess. Here. Oh, okay. I, so I know who yeah. I'm dealing with. You're okay. the Logos then. Right. So I got the Logos. The Holy Spirit's with me today. Yeah, and no, I'm just feeling, uh, you know, just just kind of yeah. okay. Going along, nothing really. Okay. Well, the meds are working there. I think we're great. So we, 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 you know, see we, you next we, week? You, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be $600. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Speaking of Holy yes. Ghosts. Yes. Uh, Piero appeared, uh, appealed to Venice for military help, and they ghosted him. I was going to put they crickets. They just didn't return his yeah, emails. Yeah, no, they just... Crickets? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Just crickets. So what's, yeah. what's left? After all, he is a Medina. So they're like, who are you, and yeah. who are you, and how did you get this number? <laughs> so so um, Piero only has one option left, and he does remember that he is a Medici. He offers King Charles VIII a bribe supposedly, of 300,000 francs, but this is rejected because I'm getting the sense that Charles, King Charles, is getting the sense that he's in a pretty good position, and that position is getting stronger. It sucks hanging out where he's at, but if he if he holds on long enough, he might get everything that he wants. But, but no, he's up against a Medici. Piero has an idea that he's borrowing from his father, like you said. He's got something open to him, a grand gesture.
Are you? I don't know. I just found my old harmonica. I was like, "Fuck! I haven't seen that for years." I was going to say, <laughs> Let's "See if I can." Are you doing Italian and learning the uh, mouth organ? Because I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, I, I played around with it years ago. Right. I was like, "Oh shit! Look at that!" That's <clears throat> hilarious. Uh, that's the only thing I can play on it. Uh, okay. Where was I? Yes, the bribe. Yes, you were talking about the bribe. So pulling a pulling a trick out of his dad's book, Piero. Just disappeared. Did a runner <laughs> one night, went to the French camp. When he was out of the city, he wrote back yeah. to the Signoria saying, Listen, I've taken it upon myself. I'm sacrificing myself. Yes. Um, for I so loved you all, <laughs> I gave my only son. Wow, it's me, Which really. It's complex. Uh, I don't have a son. Right. I gave, gave myself. Uh, I sacrifice. You know, I sacrificed myself so that you may Live. liveth. Right. <laughs> and they were like, you, "You're just trying to do what your dad did, right?" Yeah, 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 yeah I'm doing yeah. that because it worked out. Yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You loved him when he yeah. did that. He was a fucking legend. Hold my beer. But as soon as he was got out of the city, there was another sign raid. Did you hear read about the other sign? Uh, no, tell me about the sign. I know nothing. I am from Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a large falcon. Oh, fuck. Flying at top speed killed itself <laughs> by smashing into the main door of the uh, Palazzo della Signoria. Right? I'm sorry, that's not a funny. I'm sorry. So that's a bad sign. Not like Charles. Yes. Yeah, so like a falcon is going to be have his neck broken. Oh no, no. Well, it crashed into the government of Florence's oh. building, not the maybe the French embassy or something. According to a contemporary, it could only mean one thing: the death of Piero's great status and reputation. Of course. Now, good thing that I, I think that Italians, after fourteen hundred years into their experiment uh, with Christianity, Still saw birds as being omens. Birds. They never really shook that off, you know. Well, yeah, (laughs) Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. That's all. That's that's it. But come on, you you can't tell me that birds doing shit or lions killing each other isn't 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 a sign of something. I concur. You know. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. God. I mean, yes. God could just send an angel to talk to us, but sometimes he prefers to make falcons commit suicide. <laughs> That's just how he is, Birds, you know. When he wants to send a message, yeah, he's just that. like, oh, fuck it. Fuck that bird. Fucking <laughs> 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 falcon. Fuck that bird. So, if I may, as Piero is writing to meet up with Charles, what Piero may or may not know if he had good advisors is that Charles is not in the greatest military situation that he could be in. You've got those two fortresses that he still can't defeat. Winter is coming and he's in the, the Tuscan coastal area, which is marshy. That's unhealthy uh, for his men to be in there. So not the greatest thing in the world. And Charles doesn't really want to fight because it might end up being a long sleeve siege. And if he wanted to fight, he probably would have been fighting already. But Piero, I think because of his lack of years doesn't or can't figure this out. Have you had a look at the uh, fortress of Sarzana? No, was it impressive? Scary looking? Oh! Yeah? Yeah, impressive. Nice. Impressive. 
Um, you should check it out, man. We could take um, it. I'm not sure if it looked like this back then. Right, we could take it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, no, an impressive, impressive uh, medieval fortress still standing there today. Uh, big... Big towers. Right. Looks like a big chess piece to me. <laughs> um, also, uh, Saranzello, the other right. uh, place, the Fortresa di Saranzello. Um, yeah, nearby, big fortresses. He, he, he couldn't crack them. Yeah. Chucky, not even with everything he had, couldn't crack Damn. them. Um, you know, yeah, winter's coming. Uh, Tuscan coastal areas all marshy. Yeah, not good. Uh, not healthy for his troops. Uh, probably didn't want to have to lay siege to Florence with all these tiny little streets. Not really easy yeah. to get around there without people throwing shit at you from off of rooftops. Right. All Piero needed to do was to, you know, hold his plums. <laughs> Just go, hey, listen, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> Back down yeah. or else. To make me fuck you up. You know? Yeah, because I will. Yeah. Do you know who I am, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> Matt D. Chi. Can you say it slowly? You know? Do you know what our, do you know what our family crest is? Balls. <laughs> do I need to spell it? Like, who <laughs> am I, God? Like- do I need to spell it out with lions? Because I will. It's just balls. Or falcons. Our family. What's, on, what's your family crest? Yeah. King Charles, <laughs> For- like probably some fucking girly flower <laughs> bullshit. Owls, balls, balls on a shield, my friend. Testicular fortitude. What's your nickname? <laughs> What's your nickname? The Affable? <laughs> Who's going to be scared of anyone called Ooh. Chucky the Affable? Ooh. Oh, I guess, well, yours is just the, the useless. Wow, listen, but, yes. But I'm about to earn it as I kick your ass, so yeah. what up? At least my my shield is just balls on a shield. <laughs> Flowers. <laughs> Fuck off. He could have said that, but he didn't. No. No, he, he wilted like a flower in a microwave. Not that I've ever done that. He pretty much gives up. To all demands of Charles, he gives up the northern border fortresses. He lets Charles go into Pisa and Livorno, which are the two crucial seaports that Florence needs as a defense and trade. So he pretty much collapses. He gives in to this guy. He promises to give troops and 200,000 ducats for a French expedition. And what does he get in return, Johnny? A vague assurance that he can stay in power after Charles is done what he needs to do. So I imagine these two people meet, they stare at each other, and, for, and it's, a, it's pretty much a, a contest of willpower. Piero collapses. Charles gets everything he wants. His gamble of waiting and not attacking directly has paid off huge for him. Now, it would have been one thing if Chucky was like 55 and, yeah. you know, a famous yeah. condottieri or something. He's 24. Yeah, yeah. Piero's 22. Chucky's 24. Bullshit. Like, yeah. he, not really scary. But anyway, Piero folds like a house of cards <laughs> or like Ray in a gay bar. Now. <laughs> Who's uh, been paid? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the, <laughs> on payday. Yeah. <laughs> Every day's payday for Ray in a gay bar. 
Go ahead. <laughs> he he gives in uh, Piero's secretary uh, Bernardo Dovizi wrote to the Duke of Calabria that uh, who was like at the head of the Neapolitan armies. Mm-hmm. That Florence was now entirely French, oh, so don't be hoping anything's going to come from us. Yeah. Um, the following day, uh, as Savonarola was beginning his sermons, Florence received the first reports that Piero uh, had only been gone for like four days. Yeah, had traded the entire city for his own survival. <laughs> and <Dick. laughs> yeah, Dick. So the Signoria decides to send their own. Embassy to oh, King Chucky. Good. Um, summoned a group of elites to consider how to restore good government to Florence. Even the old Medici stalwarts are switching sides. Yeah. One said it was time to be done with the government of boys. Oh snap! Oh yeah. And they pick yeah. they they pick four or five people to go to the French king. And who's going to be leading this? Embassage, embassy, it's going to be Savonarola, who we believe to be a prophet. If he's got God's ear, why wouldn't we put this guy in charge of our embassy? Please go and talk to the king and do a hell of a lot better job than Piero did. Yeah, boy! (laughs) So accompanied by uh, Fra Domenico de Pescia and some other friars... Savonarola set out on the night of November the 5th to go negotiate with King Chucky. The other delegates left the next day to join him at the town of Ripafrata Mm -hmm. on the border between Lucca and Pisa. Now, according to one contemporary, this was where one of Savonarola's miracles occurred. (laughs) The town's chief officer sent a servant to catch some fish for his guests to have a supper, man came back and said it was too stormy to fish. Yeah. Savo goes, <clears throat> here, go out again. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You go out again, right. cast your net in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh. And not like... Guy did that. Right. I was just going to say, and not like Jesus Christ, I better fucking catch something this time. No, <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ, I throw out yeah. this net. Completely different tone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Because here's how it works. Right. Um, if you don't say that, right. God doesn't care if you starve. That's true. If you do say that, God's like, oh, fuck, I better give you some food here's then, some, I guess, if fish. you're going to say the magic words. <laughs> like God's obviously in control of everything and sees everything and knows everything. everything. He already knows that Savonarola's yeah. in your house and that he's a prophet of the God, of the Lord, and that he's fucking hungry because right. he's just travelled all this way. But no, God's <laughs> like, listen, there are some rules here. <gasps> Unless you say the magic incantation, right. you don't get the fish. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Say my name, bitch. Like God. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say my name. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. <laughs> my name is my name. <clears throat> so this time he does that, catches so many fish yeah, he needed to so many. bring in some help yeah. to catch it all back. Bullshit. God couldn't be fucked unless right. you say the magic words. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, on his way back to Florence, yeah. 
Piero hears that a citizen embassy had been sent to Florence from the king, so he rushed back to the city, gets back in the afternoon of November 8th. Does he go straight to the uh, Signoria to, to uh, you know, justify what he's done, Ray? No, first he's got to a little spin, talks to Barry, talks to Stan, needs a little spin. So he, he goes to his supporters, they set off fireworks, they're going up and down the street going, bale, bale. He has sweets and wine passed out to the people. It's a fucking party, it's a parade, it's a triumphal entry because Piero is back and he has saved himself. I mean, uh, Florence, it's party time. Yeah. Then finally, with his brother, the Cardinal Giovanni and a few friends and an armed escort... <laughs> because he's not an idiot, he goes to the Palazzo della Signoria to uh, explain Uh himself and and cement his control over Florence, but instead he is blocked at the door and told to fuck (laughs) off. Fuck off, sir, please. And so he does. And so the people are shouting, Popolo e Liberta. You know, they're thinking about freedom. So it's not looking good for him. So he he calls on the Orsini uh, down in the south to come and help him with some troops. But that's going to take way too long. It's not going to work. Besides, the government sends out criers to say, any fucking foreigners come into our town with, uh, with their arms, or if they give any aid to Piero and his family, they will be put to death. So things are not looking good, but Piero has got to try one more time with the Signoria. But that, my friends, will be next time because we're over time on uh, this here Renaissance show. But all I can say about Piero as we leave is that he is quite obviously a... Galloping cockwomble. (laughs) Galloping cockwomble. Galloping cockwomble. Crocs ate well that day, my friend. <laughs> my stage name, bitch. Well, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Hour three. Here I come, ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck them all. I'm gonna fuck them all. <laughs> Fucking Italian. <laughs> hambo, hambo, where you been? <laughs>